0: Chapel. My name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm wearing this shirt, and it says, "In case you're wondering what it says, it says I pray or pray for Bray. Uh, Braylon Gallagher is a young man who's fighting cancer right now, and his uh, his family uh, was a part of a church that you planted in Cleveland several years ago, and so uh, we're praying for Braylon. An apple a day." keeps the doctor away. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. You can't judge a book by its cover. These are a few American proverbs, short sayings that offer some sort of advice. And this last one, uh, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. This last one was actually written by Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, and you'll see his mug on the $100 bill if you ever uh, see one of those. They don't last long in my wallet. So life is hard. Mm-hmm. We have choices every day and if we're being honest with ourselves, we often make a mess of things. Teenagers begin to discover that life is difficult as they're faced with more responsibilities. There's more things coming at them. There's more things uh, that they have to do, that, more things that are expected of them. Uh, they're dealing with more relationships. Uh, they're, they're having to come up with, with money money. Uh, and they begin to realize what well, life is life is kind of hard and then when you're in your early 20s and you're out of your house and you're having to figure out how to repair this relationship or how to repair this house uh, issue you just want to call mom and dad and, and 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 let them handle it because because they always know how to fix things but life is difficult and every day we're faced with tough choices and we need more than some short witty sayings like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. We need God's wisdom to help us navigate and and keep us from making a mess of things. Well, isn't it wonderful that God wants to give us his advice? Isn't it a blessing that, that God wants us to be able to do life well? In fact, in the Old Testament, there's a book of the Bible called Proverbs, and it's full of practical wisdom for godly living. This morning is part one of our summer sermon series through the book of Proverbs. And there's a couple of resources that I want to bring to your attention right now that might be useful, helpful for you as we look to grow in godly wisdom. Uh, First is uh, the Bible app. Uh, So the Bible app, there's a Bible reading plan for Proverbs. And many of you uh, might read through Proverbs each month. Uh, It's convenient because there's 31 chapters, and so most months in the year, you can read a chapter a day and read all the way through Proverbs. Well, we're not starting on the first day of the month, but June 6th, which is tomorrow, through July 6th, we're going to encourage and challenge uh, the church to read Proverbs together one chapter a day beginning tomorrow. And so you can uh, access that through the Bible app or you can just pick up your Bible one chapter a day. Uh, We'll be uh, posting some things on social media, encouraging you, uh, reminding you about that. Also, you'll see on the image there is a scripture journal. And so this is the book of Proverbs. And so each page, there'll be a a book of scripture, uh, a page of scripture, and then the other page is a blank space for notes, where you can take sermon notes, where you can take personal notes, whereas you're reading through Proverbs each day, then you can write out uh, a prayer to God. And we've actually got some of these uh, free to give away today. They'll be at the Connect uh, Corner, so after the worship gathering, we've got a handful of these uh, to give away to folks who stop by the Connect Corner and visit with our friends there. So Scripture Journal uh, Bible Reading Plan. There. Now let's get into it. So, Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to read the first seven verses. I'm going to be reading from the ESV translation this morning. Uh, Scripture will be on the screen uh, as well as the Bibles that are under your seats. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse 7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's take a moment now uh, to pray. Father in heaven, you are good. We believe that you are the author of life, and we believe that you are the creator. And that you want us to understand and to live a life that honors you in your world. So we thank you for your scripture. And we ask you to open our eyes to see the wonderful truths here. And help us to apply these. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, let's begin right there at verse one, where we get an introduction to this book. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So who is Solomon? Uh, Solomon was the third king uh, of the people of Israel. There was Saul, and then David, and then David's son, Solomon. And he's known as the wisest man in the Old Testament. That's something to, uh, you know, of note there. The wisest man, it's, we read in the scripture that as he was stepping into that position, he knew that this was beyond his ability to be able to lead the people. And so he prayed and he asked God for wisdom and, and God blessed him with that. And in the New Testament, we read that if anyone lacks wisdom, he can ask God and God will give us wisdom. So Solomon was the wisest man of the Old Testament. In 1 Kings chapter 4, we get a little summary of this. And in verse 29, it says, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. And then we skip down to verse 34, and it says, People of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So kings from other nations would send their advisors To go and to learn under Solomon. He was that sharp. Now, if we read his story, we read his life account in scriptures, we see that he did not choose to always practice that wisdom, but God had blessed him with incredible wisdom and understanding. So, these are the Proverbs of Solomon. We know who Solomon is. He's one of the kings of Israel, the wisest man in the Old Testament, wisdom beyond measure. But what are Proverbs? Well, Proverbs are a short saying uh, that states a general truth or advice. Principles, this is key, not promises. For instance, an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Now that isn't always the case. The general idea is there, if you uh, eat nutritious food, you're going to have a healthier body. Principle, not a promise. And, and that's what we have here in the Proverbs in Scripture as well. In God's created world, this is the way things will normally operate. In God's created world, these are general truths or principles to follow. Now, there are exceptions, and we have We address those exceptions uh, in the Bible as well, and that's what we have the books of Job and Ecclesiastes for. So Proverbs, general truth's advice on how to live in God's world. The first nine chapters of Proverbs are wisdom poems, and then it's in chapter 10 that we get to those short sayings, those short, memorable sayings that we call the Proverbs, and They cover a variety of topics such as relationships. We have to make tough choices about relationships, don't we? They cover uh, topics such as humility and pride. That's something that we wrestle with regularly. They address laziness and, and hard work, finances, communication. How can I protect my integrity How can I live a pure life in this world? Those are some of the topics that these proverbs, these short sayings address. And what we discover in this is that God's will or his instruction covers all areas of life. Has implications for every every choice that we make, God's wisdom does. Our mission at Holland Chapel is helping people. This is a short, memorable statement, like a proverb. Our mission at Holland Chapel is helping people find and follow Jesus. The book of Proverbs works out what it looks like to follow Jesus in everyday life. In this world that we're living in, how do we follow Jesus? What does that mean? Well, we see what it means, what it looks like to follow Jesus in our relationships in the book of Proverbs. We see what it looks like to follow Jesus with our finances in the book of Proverbs. We see what it looks like to follow Jesus when it comes to integrity, when it comes to humility, when it comes to purity in the book of Proverbs. So what does Jesus have to do with Proverbs? Jesus, our Savior, what does he have to do with this Old Testament book? Well, while Solomon was the wisest man in the old testament we read in matthew chapter 12 when jesus comes onto the scene now he is eternal but when he steps into our world as a human we see him described as get this one greater than solomon solomon wisdom beyond measure jesus shows up he is one that's greater than solomon It says, we read on in Matthew chapter 13, and the folks were like, wow, where did he get this wisdom? As they were amazed by his teaching and his miracles. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, not only is he greater than Solomon in wisdom, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24, we see that Jesus is in fact the wisdom of God. God's wisdom for life, God's knowledge, what makes sense for life, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Now get this, Jesus too, he wants us to be able to do life well. Like we said, God wants us to do life well, and he gave us a book to help us make sense of life and, 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 and to, to keep us from making a mess of things. Jesus wants us to do life well. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I've come, Satan has come to kill, steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly or to have a full life or a rich and satisfying life. So in the midst of these tough choices we make about integrity and purity, in the midst of these tough choices we have to make about relationships and finances, in the the middle of a battle that we have within our own souls with humility and pride, in the midst of all that, Jesus wants us to have a rich, satisfying, abundant life. And so, as we read Proverbs, we... Can allow Jesus to be our instructor, our guide in wisdom. We're introduced in verse 1, and now we move on to verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 1, and we discover the purpose of this book. Proverbs 1, verse 2 to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. We're right there, to know wisdom. Wisdom is more than just having knowledge or information. Wisdom is being able to apply that knowledge or information uh, in life. And so uh, the, the, the Hebrew word that's translated there, wisdom, is hokmah. And we see it throughout Scripture, and it can—it's also sometimes translated as skilled or skillful. For instance, in Exodus uh, chapter twenty-eight and into thirty-one, uh, they are constructing the tabernacle, this place where the people will come to worship God, and the the artisans or the craftsmen who were involved in designing that—they're—they're they're called skillful, hopma. They have this wisdom, this skill. They're able to apply it to real life. So, wisdom is a skill or ability to do life well. Uh, you'll see on the screen a picture of a skilled artist, uh, Bob Ross, and painter. Years of training, instruction, learning how to uh, learning how to paint well. He went on to be a creator and host of a television show, The Joy of Painting, and uh, over the course of his career uh, painted thousands of happy little trees, (laughs) but he was skilled, wisdom, skill or ability to paint, and with us, wisdom is skill to do life well. The art of godly living. This wisdom that we're looking at from God's word in Proverbs isn't just about us getting more biblical knowledge. It doesn't do us any good, but it's about being able to apply that biblical knowledge, apply these truths of God to our everyday life, to our relationships, to our integrity, to our finances, to our work, to how we communicate with others. So if you think about an artist, and they've got a palette full of different colors of paint. Now someone who's not skilled in that could take those paints and really make a mess on the canvas. But someone who is skilled can look at the variety of colors there and can paint a masterpiece. In life, We've got a variety of choices. Someone who does not have the wisdom of God can make a real mess of their life. But someone who is looking to God for wisdom, who is skilled in the art of godly living, they can take those choices, those hard choices that we have, that we face every day, and they can paint a beautiful masterpiece. To know wisdom, it says, that's the purpose of this, to know wisdom and instruction. Instruction, or some translations, discipline. And so with this instruction, we're thinking about discipline, we're thinking about correction, we're thinking about training. And instruction is something that we don't like, but we need it. Whenever you're learning something new, we, we usually don't like someone telling us that we've done it wrong and that we need to do it a different way. Uh, And and this happens at all phases of life when we're stepping into something, when someone is training us or instructing us, correcting us. We don't like it, but if we're going to do something well, we need it. Unfortunately, we're not born with wisdom. And so you see a picture of, of a small child there. We're not born being wise. But that's the role of parents, and that is to instruct, to correct, to train children right and they usually like like we usually are they're usually resistant to that instruction they don't want it and so for instance we're training them on laundry No, you can't wear that shirt for the third day in a row. It has dirt stains on it and grape juice stains on it and, oh, who knows what else on it. We have to do laundry. And so we train them in money management. No, you can't. It's not wise to blow all your money on vending machines and snacks. Put some of that in the piggy bank. Uh, And and we could go on and on. And and, and kids, you're like, why are parents on me about how much time I spend playing video games? Well, they're trying to instruct you on time management. And so we don't like it, but we need this instruction. And when it comes to wisdom from God and godly living, we need his advice as well. Even if sometimes it means we have to apologize to someone because we haven't been handling that relationship-wise correctly even if sometimes it means we have to change uh, the way we view our finances, and it hurts, and we have to make tough decisions. We don't like it, but we need God's wisdom. We need God's instruction, because life is tough, and we don't want to make a mess. We want to paint a beautiful life. We go on, and we read in in, in, in verse 4, That this book, this wisdom, these proverbs are for the young and the inexperienced. And then in verse 5, it's also for the experienced. It's also for the veteran. It's also for the person who's been doing life for a while. Because we never need to stop pursuing God's wisdom and practicing the skill of godly living. We don't just stop. We need to continue pursuing God, pursuing his wisdom, continue uh, doing life well. And now we get to verse seven. So we, we, we know what the book is. It's the Proverbs of Solomon. We know why we have it. That's, that's for us to, to grow in wisdom. And in verse seven gives us the foundation. So where can we start to grow in wisdom? What, what's the foundation that, that we have to have if we're going to be able to apply these Uh, the this to to real life verse 7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction I'm going to read that again the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction we'll see this idea of the wise person and the foolish person throughout the book. Foolishness makes a mess of life. Wisdom makes life work. If we're going to learn to follow Jesus in everyday life, if we're going to develop skill in the art of godly living, then the foundation that has to be laid is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord has to be there. And so we say, What is the fear of the Lord? Is is that does that just mean just that we are we are just scared of God? Well, there is a little bit where where we should be terrified because he is more powerful than we can even imagine. But it means more than just, ah! It's, it's also to be amazed by God because we step back and we say, oh, <laughs> I can't breathe, I can't speak. He is more amazing that, that he could create this. That he could paint a sunset. That he... We're amazed. And it's more than just being terrified. It's more than just uh, an awe, an amazement. It's also just a respect where we say, okay, (laughs) I'm going to do what he says because he is greater than me. And so we see there a picture of a lion. And a lion is known throughout the world. Lions are known for strength and courage. And here's the deal uh, we respect a lion's power. Uh, lions uh, uh, can grow up to 500 pounds, they can run up to 50 miles per hour. And their roar can be heard up to five miles away, sending chills down any spine. You say, How do you know if someone respects a lion's power? Well, they're not going to go sticking their hand in the cage, right? How do we respect God's holiness? Well, we're going to have the mindset of doing life His way. We're not going to get out of line with Him. We're going to have the mindset that God's way is the best way. And we want to honor him. We want to respect him in the choices, the tough choices and decisions that we make every day. Uh, C.S. Lewis was a Christian thinker and author of the 20th century. Uh, He wrote books such as the Chronicles of Narnia, which were made into movies a few years back. In his Christian classic, Mere Christianity, he writes this about this fear of the Lord. He writes, in God, you come up against something which is in every respect, immeasurably superior to yourself. In every respect, immeasurably superior to yourself. To fear God is to look up at him and say, yeah, he's greater than I am. He's the creator. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14 says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commands, for this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So to fear God, to see him as greater than ourselves means that, yeah, we see him as creator. We also see him as judge who knows everything that we do. We see him as creator, we see him as judge, and then we also see him as one who loves. One who loves us. And so to fear the Lord for us today We look up and we see God is greater than us, but we also look to the cross. And when we look to the cross, we see that a wise man died for fools like you and me. And while we might not always want to listen to or live life his way, he loves us and died for us. So that's where we can start if we're wanting to discover wisdom for godly living, if we're wanting to grow in wisdom, if in the middle of all these tough choices we we are having to make, if we want to be able to paint something beautiful, we need to start by fearing God, realizing that he is greater than us and we need him. And so we look to the cross. We see a wise man who died for fools like you and me, who wants us to have a full, abundant, rich, satisfying life here and now. So how do we respond to this? Our introduction to uh, Proverbs, practical wisdom. How do we respond today to this? Well, number one, uh, you can say, I need to look to Jesus, the one who is in fact the wisdom of God, and I need to trust him as my Savior, as my leader. I encourage you to do that. You can mark that on your Connect card, and and we'd be glad to follow up with you. You can stop by the Connect corner, and and someone would pray with you today. That's one way. Uh, Another way that you can just real practically respond today is, yeah, yeah, You're thinking about stuff, stuff's going on in your life, stuff's going on in my life right now, and right now there's a financial matter that you're dealing with. Or right now there's a relationship issue and you don't know what to do. Uh, Right now there's something, you don't know how to communicate something. Uh, Should I say this? Should I not say this? Right now you're you're struggling with integrity or with purity, and you're like, what what do I do? How can I make this right? Because right now I'm making a mess of it. We're all dealing with things in our life. And so a real practical way you could respond today is say, okay, this area right here that I'm thinking about that's consuming my thoughts, I'm going to pray to God, and I'm going to ask him to give me wisdom in what the the next right thing to do is here. Uh, I can't change things in the past, but God, show me what to do next, And so with that, you could just get real direct and clear with God, asking him to help you with that decision. And then a third way you could respond is say, hey, I'm going to join in with the church and read through Proverbs beginning Monday, June 6th. I'm going to knock out Proverbs chapter 1. So those are some clear ways that you can respond today. So we think about that before we have some closing kind of words. Let's spend a moment in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you again for letting us gather here together to worship you. We are here because we believe that you are worthy of our time, because we believe that you are worthy of our adoration, and because we need you. Thank you For your word in Proverbs. And God, I pray for all my friends here right now. Help them. The person who's thinking about a matter right now. The person who's thinking about how to respond, how to grow in wisdom, how to get wisdom for for a specific thing, God, please help them to look to you and to do the next right thing. In the name of Jesus, who is the wisdom of God, amen.